Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Darward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I am the GM, and this is episode 15. Our recap will be given by Ford Finch as his character, Vadim Gamatov. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness of Ford. Thank you, Tom. Who watches the watchers? As an investigative scientist, it is my job to take disparate bits of pieces of information and put them together to create an understanding, a picture of whatever, whatever it is that is before me. These skills have helped myself and my fellows get a better idea of what we are dealing with with this whole blasted affair. The picture this information paints is very dark and diabolical indeed. Who watches the watchers? With a bit of questionably underhanded effort, we investigated Professor Punchin's house. The scene was a mess. Evidence of high disturbances, rituals involving blood, strange piles of dust that were once scrolls of even stranger and unidentifiable origin, and enough notes, journal material, and other evidence to keep us all occupied for quite a long time. However, right away things were becoming clear. Many things that we had speculated and thought about in our investigations were quickly being confirmed. Who watches the watchers? We went on the journey to the hospital known as Bedlam in an effort to try and find out directly from Professor Punchin what happened to him. When we arrived, we were able to speak with one of his physicians, a well-minded young man who, after some discussion and convincing, allowed us to visit the troubled professor. Our time with Professor Punchin was short, yet frighteningly revealing. All of his desperate rantings confirmed much of what we have believed all along. Amongst these confirmations and revelations, one thing stood out, that there is a powerful party outside involved in this Temple of Naboo affair. Who watches the Watchers? The, the professor granted. This resonated with us, for we knew that the Watchers were being watched as well as us. It was these Watchers of Watchers that frightened him, frightened him so much that he desperately sought protection through ancient unpredictable methods that ultimately backfired upon him. His conditions, both physically and mentally, were the cause of a magical ritual that left his body and mind scarred, literally. Living words cut deep into his living body and cut deep into the depths of his psyche. We also learned from him and from the material we picked up from his residence more in regards to the gate and the key, or more specifically, as we are coming to find out, keys. The keys being artifacts of great significance 
stolen from the Temple of Naboo, for which that blasted golden statue was only one of them. I shudder to think of what sort of curses may be upon the other objects. As much as we wished to seek more from the professor, our time was cut short. We agreed that we would visit him again when he was better, for he seems to know quite a bit. After leaving Professor Punchin, we, uh, we went down to visit uh, Peter Simpkin, the other fellow who had fallen to this great curse of Naboo. The other poor fellow, though he was much doing, doing much better uh, before, was heavily sedated and not much help to us. We retired and went to the Wentworth Club to plan our next move. Who watches the Watchers? Indeed, we believe we have found who the Watchers are. However, the children of Tranquility, for everything that they are apparently as, uh, for everything they do, are apparently as much in the dark as we are over this entire blasted affair. And we were surprised to realize that they had no idea that they were being watched and that someone else was apparently involved in all of this bad business. Who watches the watchers? Who watches the watchers indeed? More now than ever, this is the focus that's on our minds. As much as we have been able to put it all together, this person or people remain ever elusive. One thing is for certain, they are most definitely masters of cult powers and masters of mundane affairs, greater than we could ever believe. Whoever they are and what their plans are ultimately still are shrouded in mystery. Their ultimate goal seems to be clearer and clearer, however, with every investigation we take into this matter. Clear, yet very dark. Who watches the Watchers? Right now, the Watchers of the Watchers may be watching us, and they could be closer to us than we realize. Excellent. All right. What is your next move in this horrible, horrible story? <laughs> I mean, horrifying story, not horrible story. You know what I mean. Um, where are we? Are we back? We're back at the uh, the club. Yeah, I think we're back at the Wentworth Club. And is it evening? Yeah, probably late afternoon, evening. Late afternoon, evening. All right. I assume bedlam visiting hours stop at at least five. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go back in there after the sun goes down anyway. Seems a little seems seems a little exciting in the daytime. I can only imagine what happens when when they get the power of darkness behind them. It seemed to be a very troubling place for sure. And Not we as were, bad as I've heard. Well, we were in enough. the nice area. Yes, more than likely. So we had pictures. We actually got pictures of the uh, of the tattoos that had shown up on him, didn't we? I think Vadim, you had picked up several. You took several shots of that. 
Um, no, I didn't get shots of, of, of the, of the, I did not have my camera with me at the time. But I did get shots of the, of the professor's uh, house, his, his, his rooms. Uh, yeah, the house. And I should have those uh, developed by tomorrow morning. My, uh, my uh, valet is taking care of that. Did someone oh, get notes of what was tattooed on his back and all around or even little pieces? I made notes of bits here and there, um, but it was extensive yeah. and included areas that were not visible. So I have some translation work to do in addition to the other on that. Uh, and I think I'll prioritize it since, uh, although I'm glad that it's fragmentary, frankly, because um, I don't think I want to know the entirety of the text. No. Now, Reginald, you're familiar with that, uh, that's cuneiform, correct? Yes. Now, to sit down at a desk and write it out would be one thing, but to tattoo it or carve it into yourself i don't i don't know but i don't think that's possible well you know um the uh originally cuneiform method was to use a stylus that's triangular and press it into wet clay um which is relatively quick work for permanent things yes you'd have to carve it in his case he must have had a very sharp stylus but i don't think he could have reached everywhere that he was marked I think that might have been done to or for him by some entity. Right. Although that's speculation. But unless uh, he's a contortionist, I think he would have found it extremely difficult even to see some of the areas, let alone incise them. And it was quite neat. You know, it was not sloppy, you know, scrawling. It was precise incision because the shape of the each each element is relevant to the meaning of the text. And if I, 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 I have my own theory on the uh, how the text got on his uh, skin, yeah. but I need to do a little bit of research on it. It resonates with something I did in my Slavic studies mm. uh, back uh, in my home country. But was something? It even... Something's coming to mind. Sorry about that. It was no un problem. under his hairline, I think. Even. Mm -hmm. I, yes. it, I think we're dealing with another entity or spirit or something supernatural. I'm supernatural indeed. Yes. I'm afraid we must act under those assumptions. Uh, and something struck me. Uh, in the list of keys, statue, tablet, horn, eye, seal, one of the items that was on the list of things that had gone missing from the collection that we received is an opal eye of some kind. So we need to find out the particulars of that, whatever we can learn about when and where that went missing, because that's the only connection that I'm aware of. And that was a list from the museum? Yes, I was actually trying to find in my notes exactly when that happened and from whom we got it. It might have been given us by... Audrey Lancaster? Might have been Lancaster, right. Or it might have been uh, our fellow club member. But it was a specific request we made. I just oh. can't remember exactly when. But I remember that, that it was opal and that the word I was used. I think. Um, here are your notes. 
Right. So these are items prior to the 8th of July that were stolen from the Assyrian Collection Public Gallery. Various Assyrian items of small to medium size taken from public displays, including two marble figurines, catalog number 25B, etc. Yes, cat's eye opal, dark amber ovoid, seven inches wide, catalog number, uh, and the gold statuette, of course, that we know the uh, condition of. So the two marble figurines are of interest as well. Uh, and the only thing we know about the date is it's before Glossop's murder on the 8th. But maybe there's more specific information we could get if we return to the museum. Do any of you guys remember when we were when we were at um, when we were at the apartment and when we pushed open the door there were three large stones. Correct. One was black. Is there any chance that that could have been the opal? We have uh, the stones with us. They weren't they weren't translucent at all. They were just rocks. They're just rocks. And I forget the significance of it, but there was that uh, that Latin book from 1550. Oh, so, the Ed so, There we go. Fuller, weren't you working on that? Or pot potentially working on that? Fuller? I'm trying to think. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't remember. Well, you had, I believe you had taken the book to read at night. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because I spoke Latin. Correct. Yeah. Okay. We still do. Yes. <laughs> so I've been studying the book then. Okay. It's going to take you still a couple days to. Yeah. Yeah. Just so it stays on the, you know, rotation and stuff. I just had a thoroughly morbid thought. I should have. Rather than taking notes on Punjin's wounds, pressed paper against them, and I could have gotten a lot more more quickly. Although, uh, but I'm perhaps it is my, Sorry, I was just going to say the doctor might not even have let you do that. Yeah, he probably would have uh, been very agitated if you. you... Yes, yeah, so I think it speaks to what remains of my sanity that I didn't think to do that at the time. I guess our best lead at this moment is to try and find out anything we can about that opal. Um, I also, I, I do want to remind you just of one little thing, and that's that the doctor himself let you be there and do all of that, mainly because he's intrigued also. He doesn't think that that was self-inflicted. Right. Either. Now you were talking about the opal. I can appraise it. Well, we don't have it. That's what we need to find it. Yes, we need to find out who has the cat's eye. Presumably, it's not the children of tranquility. Um, but, you know, that doesn't tell us much. It could have also been sold off along with the uh, other artifacts that went into other people's collections. Yeah. We also have to find some way to trap Thompson. But um, I haven't the foggiest idea. Reginald, who? Immune oh, I'm sorry. Tax. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Who has the river stones or whatever? They're here at the club. We came directly. 
there there's not a stamp or anything on that right they're, they're not... unmarked they just okay. they have a flatter bottom but they might be purely taken from a river symbolic in color the fact that there are three of those in three piles of text dust okay i was just thinking yeah. like a stamp i don't know a seal a stamp you know yeah. um, I'm thinking river stones might be part of um, the, the ritual. ritual he did. Three, three river stones, different colors, used with three squirrels. That sounds like uh, the makings of a uh, of a uh, ritual right there. Now, question for the keeper: We were able to secure that room so we could keep all of our evidence. Yeah, we'll say that's okay. Yeah. All right. So we have like a study when we've got kind of a meeting room on the on the third floor. Right. That way we don't have to worry about where things are. Everything could be just kept there and if we need to look at it. All right. Yeah, we've got a couple of cabinets. Uh, um, gentlemen, something of course it's too valuable we can put in the safe. Gentlemen, something just occurred to me talking about the three items uh in the ritual. Um in in a lot of occults and 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 uh and uh and uh mystic studies there is the uh there is uh the the three times three nine nine three threes nine is is very important in rituals um do you remember seeing anything else in the way of threes we had three stones three piles of dust that turned out to be scrolls was there three other things that we might have missed Not that I'm aware of. Jinx. Maybe something in the uh, in the uh, photographs will will uh, mm. will confirm yes, it. Perhaps if we missed missed something while we were there, I felt like our search was reasonably thorough under the circumstances. True. True. Just looking for confirmation of things more than anything else. Uh, we can uh, certainly f f arrange. Uh, for a scratch test to find out what material the stones are made of in case that should prove in any way interesting. I'm sure we have uh, ample fellow members who uh, are familiar with that sort of work. A Mohs test. All right, the Mohs test. Would I be able to discern them with a praise? Go ahead, do an appraise roll. I haven't done a Mohs test since fourth form. I made it. Nothing special, but I made it. Okay. For all of the, what they look like is just river rocks. So maybe one's granite and one's, I don't know, just common river rocks. Would the natural world uh, yield anything else? If, no. If there's, no? Okay. No. Yes, yeah, so it must be the color, perhaps the size, if it's important, if anything. He might also just like rocks, but they were on the floor. I'm going to say they're probably some sort of component for the ritual. So what I think, and as we know that, you know, with our experience with the crow's blood, odd things tend to be components for, for ritual. Right. And they didn't have to be special crows. We didn't have to catch, capture a golden eagle. We just needed some, a sufficient quantity of something. Or God forbid, specifically rooks from the Tower of London. Mm. Right. That would have gotten us into a lot of trouble. 
think you could be executed if you. Yes, you could. It's already the Tower of London. They just say, over here this way. It'll just chop your head off. <laughs> so we're going to go looking for this opal, or what do you think we should do? Oh, I think we have a trip uh, to the and uh, return to the museum ahead of us to see if we can get any specific information about that cat's eye. Um, we might also want to check back in with Punchin's doctor after he's had some time to examine him and once Punchin's in a better state. You know, um, we could also, yes, we could also talk to the fellow that was selling all these things out and see if he moved an opal. Uh, Schweinsauger? Oh, uh, not Schweinsauger, the fellow who was working at the museum that we had to scare the bejesus out of. Yep. And I cannot remember his name offhand. But let me delve into my memory book. Ted Williams and his friend Bill Lancaster were involved. Mm -hmm. And the young man's name... It's coming to me, uh, Mr. Gibbons. Mr. That Gibbons. would be it. Mr. Gibbons. So we could, uh, yeah, we could chat with Mr. Gibbons again. Something like that. I'm sure he'd remember delivering to someone. If he hasn't fled for higher ground. I, I think we, I don't think we scared him completely out of the city. Well, I hope we didn't. Tried to calm it down afterwards. There is one further thing that I um, think we might need to look into. We've discussed it offhand before. Um, I am very curious to know who we, who who actually directed um, our uh, erstwhile professor to make these. Uh, secret journey to uh, Nineveh to, re to get the artifacts and these uh, pieces that are going into this new exhibit. I mean, not just, uh, okay, we've been told that it's, uh, it's people involved in the museum, but who exactly? Right, you're, you, have a, you are uh, hoping that there's a conspiracy that will lead us to the mastermind of the um, that's what I'm saying. He's the got other the... Oh, that's not the children of tranquility. Mm -hmm. um, because somebody uh, had had uh, the professor go there, and um, he seems to be very, uh, you know, how you how you put it, uh, um, unwashed to this whole matter. He doesn't seem to be touched by these curse. Yes. And if he doesn't know, then let's look up the chain to see who he's... Uh, superiors are and who who directed this to happen of course thompson and uh, our deceased uh friend were eager to go back mm -hmm. because they had found it the first time so they might not have needed a particular um patron if they but, could uh, let's look at this way maybe maybe thompson mentioned something to someone and then that someone facilitated that return to happen. Who facilitated it specifically? Who at the museum is, is, in, is in charge of that? 
or on the board or the donors or whoever's connected with, shall we say, the money flow at the museum. Well, it's true that um, the owners. You know, he must have uh, some superior. <coughs> mm -hmm. He seems to run his own ship. So there might be another party involved that's with the museum. But frankly, because, because, I think he's uh, a big enough fish. I just don't know how to catch him. That's true. I, I don't think he's, he's, uh, he's out of the uh, running, as they, as they say. I think he has something to do with all this. What exactly, I have no idea. But uh, he's, he's a clean one out of a, bu a bunch of people who are uh, going through quite a bit of grief. So anything else for our itinerary for the museum? <laughs> I mean, obviously, if we're looking through any um, manifests or item lists, keep an eye out for a horn, a seal, uh, you know. All right. All right. So are you heading towards the uh, museum? Presumably tomorrow. Okay. Um, as it is, as we are probably having this discussion over dinner at the Wentworth. Um, I think I'll repair home and see what I can make of the cuneiform that I copied down from Punchin's person. <coughs> okay. Going home and hitting the library for, uh, for uh, research into uh, some hunches. I'll stay in the room here unless anybody wants to use it. Well, I'm I'm going to be staying here and studying this book. All right, so stay here and study. I'll let you be by yourself, and I'll go back to my house. Son, you don't need any problem. Or you can. Well, it's only one bed, so I ain't gonna be sleeping. <laughs> right, whatever, doesn't matter. All right, it's a sleepover. We're fuller. All right. I'm I'm gonna head to. I'm going back to that house, to that apartment across the hall from the lady, Marion. To Punchin's house. I'm going back to Punchin's apartment. Okay. Keep an eye out for things in threes, and also a shadow man. Who was it who said they saw somebody in a mirror? At the at the hospital. Oh, Girl, it was. It was yeah. It was the well. It was the fellow across the. It was a fellow across the hall from uh, from Punchin's room. He, you, you know how they are. He was just talking backwards to the guy in the mirror. And every time I turn away, I think he just shift a little. I don't. I don't think there was anything to it. You had to speak to him backwards. Novel, really, but nothing okay. of any concern. I, I I wouldn't think. Seems like a curious disorder. Mm -hmm. All right, traps. Um, uh, we'll meet here before we go to the museum. Oh, yeah. Do we, do we have a standing invitation from... I always forget our friend. Is it Longton at the museum? Uh, the guy at the museum, Longton? Yeah. Yeah, Longton, uh, the girl. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, they know who you are. So right. They're getting used to us wandering around like weirdos. It would be easier to get a hold of them than you couldn't just drop in on Thompson. 
because. Um, everybody do a, <laughs> call it a spot hidden. Spot hidden. Regular 20, success. Got an extreme. 29. Got it. Regular. Got 33. Regular. 19. Okay. Well, since Vadim got an extreme, we'll say that uh, Vadim in the newspaper, uh, you notice just sort of an offhand uh, event uh, that took place last night. Um, some uh, dinner or uh, we'll say it was a fancy dress dinner uh, that Thompson was present at that. Um, it looked like a, a high upper class sort of thing. So he's moving in those kind of circles. That's what you get. He's enjoying his fame. Hmm. Um, Felix, uh, you head back over to the apartment and uh, rather stealthily gain access. And uh, you search around for quite a while. And although there is a lot of interesting things that the man has in his apartment. You don't see anything of any particular interest. Hmm. Um, Reginald, you start going over uh, Punchin's notes and some of the uh, the information that you've uh, that that you've copied. From Punchin's body. Uh, go ahead and do your uh, cuneiform. Cuneiform. Uh, that's seventeen. So that's uh, yeah, it's a regular success only. Although I do have the books, so okay. Well, what becomes it, it? It's too difficult for you to translate at the moment any any particular part, but it does become very apparent from the placement on his body that everything is out of order. That this thing that you look at obviously is not the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you look at something else and you're trying to find the beginning and, and every little detail that you've taken, it's wrong. It's completely out of order. You're not exactly sure how this would go together. Um, and that's, chunks of text that are legible but they're all Correct. jumbled it's right. not just like random marks or random letters well it would seem that every everything that's on him is written out correctly it's just mm -hmm. not in the correct order because it mm -hmm. seems to break at places and then it goes around a body part and around something else um, i'm not sure how i'd organize a text on a human yeah, it would take it would take a real serious cuneiform expert with all of the text available to figure out what order it should actually go in. And there aren't any uh, words or names that strike a particular chord. A few. I mean, there's a few things you can identify the name Nabu. Well, good. 
Um, but without it being in the proper order, it doesn't make much sense. And you're only getting little bits and pieces of it. Yeah, you really right. need you really need an expert, possibly Longden or somebody else at the museum that right, and possibly full body photographs from four sides. That would certainly help. Yeah, yeah well. you do a rubbing. <laughs> Uh, cover him in, in charcoal dust. And then <laughs> roll him on a sheet. Roll him on a sheet. All right. Um, and uh, Vadim, what were you going to research? I have, well, not to get meta on, on the whole thing, but um, I, Vadim has a hunch on uh, on the, the whole nature of the uh, the, ta the tattooing, and the fact that it, you know, with it being the way it is, that there's a good that Vadim's thought is that there's well, he's you, getting. Uh, uh, you yeah. can discuss that with them. Okay. Okay. No um, problem. But he's Fuller. got he's got ideas. <laughs> Fuller, you have uh, the fragmenta sargona. Yes. And. It's not, it's not incredibly difficult, the Latin, uh, but the stuff that, that's written there, it's basically, it's fragments from what must be an older text that were transcribed into Latin. It's very fragmentary as you're going through it, but you do find a place that seems to indicate some sort of uh, protection spell okay let me stop you right there for a quick question when you say fragmentary do you mean that it's written in fragments or is there pieces of the page missing or unreadable well, i mean that it it literally i mean it's not physically fragmented it's it's as if somebody had just wrote down cliff fragmentary uh, yeah and they wrote they translated but not everything was there I got you now. I got you now. Hence the name Fragmenta. Yeah. So uh, protection spell. You, yeah. It seems to indicate some sort of a protection spell or some sort of a warding spell. And it involves three rocks. Okay. We have the rocks. Um, but it'll take you a while to, to put piece together the spell itself. Yeah. I'll try to, I'll try to learn the spell. Okay. Um, other than that, nothing happens that evening. I assume you all eventually end up in bed and wake up the next day. And you seem to sleep fairly well. Is there anything you want to do that I, this night before next night, before tomorrow morning? Nope. Okay. So the next morning comes. And you are once again meeting at the the club. If you want to discuss anything else. Hey so guys. Hey guys, I found out what you do with the three rocks. Do tell. They're part of a protection spell. Mm -hmm. It would seem from what you gleaned last night while studying it that somehow 
once you know you'll be able to maybe do this once the whole thing but somehow you put a ward onto the stones and you place them in a position like near a door and if anybody comes through the door it alerts the person that something's happened hmm. um so it's kind of like you know putting a string with tin cans on it um of course hmm. the police knocked them out of position or maybe somebody else did hmm. or something and if that's the case then punching well no they're out of position now so he's not going to get any more alarms which is probably good for his sanity um uh fuller that to to the best of your knowledge the text did it say anything about what scrolls he might have been looking at no no reference to any scrolls or anything like that. well i can tell you gentlemen that i don't uh have a great deal to report about what is incised on our friend Punchin, except that I know for certain that the name Naboo was repeated. Our good friend, Naboo. Hmm. He did mention something about the uh, ritual going wrong, did he not? Well, it doesn't seem to have worked. Hmm. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, something obviously happened. I mean, so I would say that it worked and it just uh, didn't work well. Well, yes, I don't think his intention was to be hauled off to Bedlam mm. uh, thoroughly incised. I think that was the sort of fate he was trying to avoid. Did you find anything else in his place, Felix? No, didn't. There's nothing else to be found, really. I. Oh, I'm sorry. I wonder if he was doing the ritual. He was getting the stuff carved on, and someone else interrupted him, foiling the ritual, leaving him cut up without the ritual finished, and then his neighbors heard the cries. You know, maybe this third party broke in and stopped it, or I don't know. I'm just. No, you might be onto something there. I have a theory of my own. Um, not to say, Cyrus, that you're entirely off base, but uh, as they say, I guess. Um, but um, I did the research into to my hunch. Um, I'll, I'll th try to to sum it up here. Um, in some ancient traditions, uh, specifically Scythians and tribes in, in, uh, in uh, Siberia and going into the Kamchatka area and even into Japan and various areas of Asia, there is a, a, a tradition of um, tattooing words of power, I guess you could say for lack of a better term, on one's skin. And uh, some ways the tattooing are physically done, but there have been scant references that I've been able to come up with of legends of, for lack of a better term, putting uh, 
words of magical power upon one's body. In, usually it's in forms of animals or like an animal tattoo, like a dragon or a uh, horse or something like that. And these, these, it, it basically puts like a magic ward on the person that protects them. But other things could be potentially tied into that other than magic wards. Um, I wasn't able to get a full, a full understanding with my, my brief studies at the last night, but I'm beginning to wonder that if we may be dealing with two different uh, spells going on, maybe these rocks were one spell to do this magical warding uh, on his house, and then these scrolls were another magical ritual that he was trying to enact maybe for further protection, maybe protection on himself. And that's what went wrong. And it sounds crazy, but maybe instead of giving him what he wanted, it actually transferred all that text directly on him magically. I mean, it sounds wild. It sounds, even for me, I'm having a hard time trying to get my head around it, but it, it makes a very odd sense that in, that he was trying this production ritual on him. He had ritual on his house. Now he's trying ritual on him, but he was working with something that he didn't have as much, shall we say, um, experience with. And it's, that's what backfired. That's what caused him his troubles. And that would explain why he's got all these cuneiform uh, bits and pieces all over him uh, in all random places in, in these patterns in that instead of doing things like it's supposed to be, it, uh, it, it, it came out all wrong and it came out on him all wrong, quite literally. Maybe the whole magic thing was not even this tattoo idea. It was Maybe it's something just tied into him, but because it went wrong, it just went right on him. And it destroyed the, sc the scrolls in the process. I mean, it sounds wild. This is a wild thought on my accord. I mean, it could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm you grasping it. A few lunatic ideas since we began all this mess. Um, but I, I do like the connection uh, very distinctly of the fact that the scrolls were completely annihilated. Mm -hmm. And he does have this patchwork quilt of text on him as though, and again, we have no other explanation for how he was mutilated. I mean, there's no, if we accept that he couldn't have done it himself, uh, we recognize the peculiarity of things like that continuing under his hairline and so on. Mm -hmm. The idea of some supernatural element removing those, the text from the scrolls and putting it on him uh, has some compelling merit. These again are things I would not have said a few months ago. I would be hard to uh, even conceive of this a few months ago myself. Uh, but honestly, this is like, this is like stuff, things, things that I've been looking for, stuff that I've been looking for to, for my research. And it's, it's amazing if it, any of this holds merit, my personal research into the whole idea of, of, of higher mathematics it would, would, would seriously be bolstered because that's what we're dealing here, I, I believe, personally, is a, a higher form of mathematics that actually goes above and beyond to, to, to do what we would call magic. 
Well, maths was never my strong suit, but I would point out, Vadim, that it seems that everyone we meet that tries to employ this higher mathematics ends up with a result quite contrary to their intention. Well, we're dealing with something that I, if we ever did have a grasp on, it was very long ago and it's been lost to the ages and it has been shrouded in mystery and legend. That's why I think we, we call it these occult science, these magic, this rituals and spells and stuff because we have no other way of describing it. And uh, even then, I don't know if we had a full grasp of the whole thing. Which makes it even more dangerous. Enough of a grasp to form a society to keep it hidden from mankind. Yes. Indeed. Which may be for the best. Are we ready for the museum then? Yeah, ready for the museum. Information sharing? Yes. All right. Uh, so you head over to the British Museum as it's opening. And uh, all of the usual people, you've, you've now become familiar with at least a few of the people behind the counters and uh, the receptionist when you walk in the door. Um, so what would you like to do? Should we start with Longton? All right. Uh, so you go to the front desk, you tell them that you'd, you'd like to speak to Mr. Longdon. And uh, they set that up. Uh, they, they tell you it'll be a few minutes. Um, now, at, by this time, you guys are fairly curious. Um, you are now aware that where was once was a curtain blocking off certain part of the Assyrian collection, you now see there is a wooden wall that's decorated to look fairly inconspicuous and that there's obviously some construction going on back behind that area. Where the gate is being built. Shall I do my, shall I do my customary stroll? Yeah, you can't get through the wooden wall, so. <laughs> um, after a few minutes, uh, uh, Mr. Longdon comes out and he says, ah, my friends, how are things going? Uh, any, anything new in our interesting little investigation? Well, uh, you must have known old Ben Punchin. Ah, yes. Have you heard about his incident? Yes, it's very sad. Apparently he uh, injured himself. He was injured, certainly. We've seen him at hospital, um, and his condition is extreme. I brought along uh, some of his notebooks. Um, oh. They're in cuneiform. Okay. So uh, if you're curious about perusing them, you might notice something that I haven't. Okay. Um, he was... Let's, let's go back into my, my office. Oh, certainly, yes. So, I'm afraid uh, we could describe him as paranoid, at least, although given other people's... Uh, unfortunate circumstances. Maybe paranoia is the most healthy response. Yes, it would seem there's some very strange things going on, aren't there? Um, it's a shame about punching. Here he cut himself all over. It's not cuts, writing in cuneiform. Really? Yes. It's it's a it's a bit inexplicable, and I won't tell you Vadim's and my uh, guess. 
because I don't want you to think us mad. But all of the writing that I saw it was writing. It was incised on his skin. He lost blood. Really? Do you know what he wrote? I know he was writing about Naboo. But the text, I didn't get to see all of it, and it seems to be broken into fragments. Do you have any samples of this? Uh, yeah, I have my, the notebook where I took what I could. Have a look. So he starts looking at it, and he says, yeah, yes, indeed, it's, it's completely out of, out of order. Uh, is there any way we could get a more thorough uh, 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 copy of this text? Uh, are, go ahead. We are looking at uh, uh, visiting the professor when he's in better sorts, and we're hoping to uh, document further his uh, his, his uh, mysterious uh, injuries. Well, I should like very much to see that. He's at Bedlam uh, currently, but um, the physician under whose care he lies seems to be a reasonable man and receptive to inquiry. Well, that's good. Um, this is very interesting, very ancient. Some of these symbols, you see this one here. Um, mm -hmm. Not, not exactly, I have to do a little bit of research, but... Perhaps if uh, Mr. Punch took some notes, and I would uh, very much like to go over that. Um, what else is new? Well, we are curious. Uh, we know that uh, there were other items stolen from the collection before Mr. Glossop's unfortunate end. Um, I wonder if you can tell us anything about the cat's eye opal that went missing. Uh, any circumstances about its loss? Referring to something in the end, it seems for me I, I recall seeing that on a list of missing items. Um, from what I understood, they recovered a rather large uh, cat's eye opal, uh, nearly seven inches in mm. size. Um, but I haven't seen such an artifact. It, it's probably missing from the collection. Unfortunately, when you're shipping things all along the way, things get appropriated by various nefarious people. And, um, yes, I, I, I've never seen it. It's, it, it doesn't seem to have any great significance um, that I'm, I'm aware of. The few things that uh, were noted to have gone missing, um, how, how was that discovery process? I mean, who said, ah, I can't find the cat's eye opal? Well, our Miss Slycaster has been doing uh, an inventory Mm -hmm. um, anything that, that is found that seems to be missing, or that doesn't make much sense, does it? Uh, anything that is not located for you know, a long enough period of time uh, is reported to the security office. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I'm not sure what else she may have uh, have given him as a list. I have no objection to speaking with Miss Lycaster again. Yes, possibly, yes. I'm, I'm sure she's somewhere downstairs. Downstairs. I wonder if by using the reference number, we could find out what grouping of objects it came from and find out who worked with that grouping, if that makes sense. I don't think it's kind of organized in that way. People have access. Uh, you've, you've seen downstairs what it's like. All right, just a thought. Um, well, let's let's take a look at some of this text that you have here. Um, there is an interesting reference here to uh, something of endless shadows. Some sort of ritual. I, I wish we had the entire text. It would be much easier to, to put this all together. Someone has referred to a shadow man. A shadow man. Yes. Well, there were those rumors that were going around that people were being attacked in the museum by a shadow. Yes, frankly, those were more than rumors as well. Although that entity uh, has departed this plane. But I think that that creature entity, what have you. I think that was unrelated to this text because that had to do with a ritual that was incised on clay tablets. As okay. most uniform is. And you see this is incised on a man's body, on Punchin's body. Yeah, violently. Reginald, do you think it would be pertinent to maybe take I've, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Patrick Longdon? Yeah. Mr. Longdon with us to the hospital. Uh, he has, you know, a bit with between the both of you looking at the cuneiform, maybe you could actually, and the longer we wait, the faster he heals and it'll. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really quite busy currently. Um, perhaps if you could take some photographs. Yes. Honestly, Cyrus, I think he's, uh, going to heal with this text on him forever. I don't think these are not going to scar. That's true. Pretty nasty. Who would do this to, to Mr. Punchin? Well, the, the, the hospital's assumption is, of course, that he did it to himself since he was found alone. I, I can't imagine anything in my current experience as, a, as a, an archaeologist, anybody going so completely crazy that they would carve stuff all over their bodies. And in the addition, man was, the man was quite respected. As he seems to have been a great mind. I mean, hopefully he still will be uh, with some recovery. I also am not sure that he would be capable physically of doing it, even if he were anesthetized. Uh, just physically, the marks are, well, he's, it's not a patch of text. It's, he's scarred all over, back, front. 
Really? So there's an accomplice of some kind. Is all we can assume. That's kind of the that's kind of the uh, thing that we are believing, and I know it sounds crazy, but we think that someone might have uh, have uh, attacked him and done this to him. We don't know who or why or how, but it is. And it has, it has us feeling very uneasy on, on the situation. Uh, more ways than one. Well, any, any help that I can be? Honestly, just having a look at his notebooks would be quite helpful. Well, um, if, if you would be willing to leave them here, I'll, I'll start going over them. I'd be happy. I know you are a busy man. You said what kind of a ritual of what sort of shadow? Uh, endless shadow. That seems quite. Yes, I think this is endless. Endless. Yes, quite sure it's endless. Yes, it's a pity the text is all broken up. But as I was saying to the gentleman earlier, I don't know how I would go about organizing a body of text on a human form. Well, once we have it, we should be able to figure out from context and from what what comes first, what comes next. I certainly hope Punchin's uh, comfortable being photographed. I wouldn't want to coerce him. Well, he's in Bedlam. He wouldn't be able to... Uh... <laughs> Make a, yes, if his physician's comfortable, then he's comfortable, I suppose. Uh, so I, I'll leave you with these. Um, uh, if you want to copy up from my notebook, we can just you can send that downstairs or something when you're finished with it. But I'll leave you his notebooks for the time being. All right. And we'll uh, pop down and see if we can find Ms. Lycaster. I, I look forward to uh, to helping you out. This may be I'm very, most curious to see what you find. And very strange. Hmm. All right. Um, so you go downstairs and um, everybody do a listen roll. Thirty-four. It would have been a miracle if I had made my twenty, but I instead rolled ninety-nine. <laughs> Hard success, twenty-three on sixty. Holy cow, I rolled a three. Okay. Fuller and Felix. It just so happens that as you leave Mr. Longdon's office, you are the first ones to step through the doors. And at first, it's not significant. There are people walking about. Um, but as you approach the stairs, you continue to hear the clickety-click of footsteps just a ways ahead of you. And you get the distinct impression that whoever it was was listening outside the door. And when you said you were going to leave, they walked away. And they're still ahead of you, just around the corner and down the stairs. Can I speed up and try to catch up to those footsteps? Yeah, same thing. All right. So uh, you go down the stairs and down the hallway to the stacks. 
And almost immediately you find Miss Leicaster uh, in a side room uh, looking very intently at some cuneiform uh, tablets. And uh, as you approach, um, she suddenly looks up in surprise as she hears you come into the room. And she's like, oh, um, what are you doing here? I just followed you from the hall. And she smiles and she says, I'm so sorry. I saw you go into Mr. Longton's office and I was just intensely curious if you have found any more information. I was listening. I am sorry. What would you like to know? She says, well, you were talking about Mr. Punchin. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard some very strange rumors about Mr. Punchin as far as what he did to himself. And I just wanted to know more. You, you said that there are there's cuneiform all over his body. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's, uh, it's all over his body, into his hairline. Very fine. Very, uh, looks very professionally done. It's hard to believe that he would, he would do that to himself or even be, even be able to. Well, if, if, if Mr. Longden, uh, can't completely help you. You can also talk to Mr. Walter Means. He's also an expert. Mm -hmm. um, I'm certainly not as good as either one of them. Um, but I, I might have a go at it as well. I'm very curious. Well, let's see. Walter Memes and where Walter Memes where where would I find him oh he's about uh, you'll find him doing more or less what I'm doing he's down here in the, in the stacks of items often yeah or up in his office or oh. all right Walter Memes that's the correct name I thought that's right um both of them are ab are uh, are outstanding. Uh, of course, Mr. Mr. Punchin was the the pinnacle. He was the one who knew everything. Mm -hmm. Well, don't be ashamed of being curious as to what's going on. It's really a it's really a quite interesting story that we've got going on here. So, as we uncover stuff, maybe we can stop by and kind of fill you in, satiate your curiosity. That would be wonderful. All of these intriguing little mysteries. Yeah. History is full of them. And here you are right at the pulse. Meanwhile, we've stepped out of the office and somehow the other two are gone. Oh, well, you would have been right behind them if, and you would have seen them. Oh, they hoofed it, right. Yeah. So we come around the corner and find this little conversation. Oh, what happens? You found Lycaster already. Great work. Oh, Reginald, I thought you guys were right behind us. You must have well, missed a step. Sometimes you can be a slippery one, Felix. I am. Um, so we were hoping to speak to you, Miss Lycaster. Um, one of the other items, we're particularly concerned about the end location of one of the other items that was noted as gone missing. 
uh, sometime yes. before Glossop's death, there was a cat's eye opal of some size that uh, escaped your grasp. Yes, it's, uh, I believe that it was referred to as the Eye of Lamatsu, and it never arrived. Conveniently never arrived. Or if it um, did, it was never cataloged. Right. Uh, does the name Lamatsu mean anything to me? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you would know. Lamatsu is a, an Assyrian demon or goddess. Demon, goddess. Uh, I think, think Lamatsu uh, is the the goddess who eats children or something like that. Something dramatic like that. Is Lamatsu um, traditionally one-eyed? No. But uh, there was only one that was supposed to arrive. Oh, uh, yes. It was just a large polished stone. Yes, gentlemen, if you don't know, Lamatsu um, is an Assyrian child-eating demon. Uh, so if Naboo is supposed to be friendly and turned out not to be, imagine how unpleasant Lamatsu would be. That just sounds like a barrel full of fun. Well, she says, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you have to be very careful not to impose our own sensibilities on another culture. Because Lamatsu was married to another demon called Pazuzu. Mm. And uh, in the mythologies, they had a kind of a falling out. And people would place statues of Pazuzu uh, near the children uh, as they slept in their cribs. Because when Lamatsu would come to eat their children, she would see her husband and get angry and leave. <laughs> it's very strange. So one demon used against another demon to protect. Not exactly what we would think in our modern world, uh, even in our modern uh, Judeo-Christian sensibility. It's charming to think of those young Assyrian children looking warmly at the statue of Pazuzu next to their bed, Keeping thanking the demon for their well-being. Sweet Pazuzu. So um, if you have any information about uh, when it was meant to arrive, and we can try to sh track down how it was being shipped and whatnot, I'd really, we're hoping to relocate it for the exhibition. Well, it's very likely. I, I do believe that it was supposed to be part of the 1919 secret mission. We're finding as we're going along that more and more little bits and pieces of that expedition were have gone missing. Hmm. We're curious about a horn as well. Ah. I do believe that is another missing piece, the Horn of Alu. I think that's how it's, that's how it was originally cataloged. A name was given, yes, a Horn of Alu was given to it by um, 
when it was discovered, but it never arrived. And is that a, a stone sculpture of a horn, or is it a graved horn? Or I, I think that it's a carved horn. Carved with images or text? I don't know. All right, you haven't had the chance to see it. No, it never arrived. But that that was shipped by Thompson from. Correct. Mm -hmm. It was on some manifest, and then it. And okay. what was the what was the name of it again? The Horn of Alu. So is Alu another demon? Yes. When you say horn. Do you mean like an animal horn or a horn like a trumpet? Um, I believe that the demon Alu looks like a, well, I guess the closest thing would be like a minotaur. It had a bull's head. Mm. So it would have probably been a, a bull's horn. Like a bull horn. Yeah. Yes. bull. Yes. And other than being bullheaded, Olu is known for what? Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, violent rage and uh, some sort of demon. Now you would find you would find depictions possibly of Nabu and others, other of the Assyrian gods, fighting these monsters. Mm hmm. Hmm. And as, and stepping a little step outside the game, uh, if you want to look up either one of those online, that'll be the information that you glean from looking them up. Right. So if yes, uh, I'd, uh, Love to look through what paperwork exists on either of those treats. See if we can at least narrow down a time framework in which their uh, disappearance was arranged. Pardon me, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I, I just have a, a odd question for you. Just kind of curious as they say, um, uh, not to be too, too blunt, but um, this new exhibit that's coming in, um, is it being uh, funded by anyone in particular? Well, the museum. Hmm, but uh, is it, are, are these special exhibits not usually uh, backed by uh, certain organizations or, or philan 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 what's philan? Philanthropic. Philanthropic, I'm yes. Sure, Philanthropic. I'm sure there are quite a few philanthropic organizations that hmm. fund the museum, of course. Is, is, is there a way we could find more information on that? This because this is quite a, uh, well, it's quite an exciting thing. And I would be most curious to know who's, who's helping to make it uh, a reality so we can all enjoy. Well, there's the board of directors. And uh -huh. some of them, of course, philanthropic. That are, they're putting a lot of their own money into this. Um, yeah, I'm sure I could get you a list of, of that would be great. I'd be curious as to to board the directors or or anyone who who I mean this 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 whole thing with you know it just it just fascinates me that there's got to be someone who uh, 
who is uh, who is who is going out of their way to ensure that this is something that is happening. And uh, I'm, I, if nothing else, I'd like to at least give a, a a card and thanks for 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 their efforts. I mean, oh well, you're talking probably about a hundred or two hundred people. I mean, well, the board be, of directors isn't that large, but well, um, at least you know whoever's you know principally um, involved. I mean, other than the uh, hundred or two hundred individuals that you've mentioned who who are coming in on these, um, and kind of onto the side here. Um, you know, I would like to I would like to find out the information so that maybe I could uh, help assist or 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 financially with uh, with perhaps further exhibits and such. I I see this is something that I could I could I could uh, donate on my accord. Of course. Yes. Uh, and you, a gentleman, you are all associated with the Wentworth Club, yes. So, oops, oh, I almost closed the whole window. Um, I'll know where to contact you then. Absolutely. All right, what else would you guys like to do? Any more questions for her or for Longden? Um, was there anything in the records about some sort of a seal? Um, not that's no, not not that I know of. All right. And um, I would I would know presumably how common seals were in the Assyrian culture of the appropriate time period. I mean, were there signature seals? Were they? Is it is it something that would be as you know, like all the laundry lists, cuneiform tablets, or is a seal going to be something that obviously stands out? I don't know the answer, <laughs> but probably they use seals. We'll say they use seals. I'm I mean, almost un under the assumption it might be a metaphorical or a magical seal that gets broken or something. Well, it probably in this case means something made out of clay or something harder that you could press into clay as a signature. Like they would have done with the wax seals in later times. Right. Or the very the, the, the idea of raised print so that you could just press it in there and you're, there's your seal on the thing. Okay. Rather than having to use your cuneiform to, to write your name every single time. All right, so um, you guys, uh, anything else you want to do at the museum? Drop by the gift shop. Okay. Um, I don't think they had those yet. Maybe they did though. Gift shops? Yeah, museum gift shops. They did. Postcards probably. No, we're talking the heyday of, uh, of um, tourism and you know the major a major tourism coming into all countries and stuff so are we still in the room with the lady yeah if you still want to say something to her ma'am is there a gift shop um yes on, on yeah upstairs it's upstairs you guys <laughs> if you want to go to the gift shop it's upstairs there might be some great stereoptic mm. cards 
Hey, we can buy a mummy. <laughs> or <laughs> mummy's hand. Have an unwrapping party. <laughs> All right. So you guys, I would like, I would like to see if um, if our man who's who's decided to enjoy his rich and famous lifestyle happens to be in today. Right. We can go down. I mean, I assume we had that conversation with Leicester upstairs where she was snooping. Mm -hmm. And can we ask Leicester if she knows the whereabouts of that other gentleman also? Our little friend that uh, we had the stern talking to? I think you're talking about the same person. Oh, I thought he was talking about Campbell. Yeah, I was talking about Campbell Thompson, and he is talking about Gibbons. Um, while we're here, I might as well eliminate that possibility. Refresh my memory. How did you end up how did you ultimately handle Gibbons? Did you turn him in? No. No. We right. promised him secrecy for openness. Cyrus okay. threatened Cyrus basically made him wet himself and then I gave him twenty pounds and called it a day. Okay. So let's let's for the sake of brevity, uh we'll say that you find out that Mr. Thompson is not there at currently. Um, Hung over from Gala. Um, however, do a luck roll. Not I. Is it a group luck or individual luck? Individual luck. Oh, okay. Ooh. Hard. I got it by one point. Okay. Well, I rolled a 98. Oh. <laughs> uh, give me just one moment. Um, uh, what you do find out, uh, you find out uh, a comment is made. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Thompson is become, he's being lionized by a lot of the uh, um, upper class, upper middle class, and upper class. Uh, so he's been traveling around. He's been going to a lot of parties. He's being seen publicly and so forth. Um, it's difficult to know what his schedule is. Uh, he does have an office here, but he doesn't, uh, we don't know when we're going to see him next. However, uh, I'm told that he frequences, uh, re frequents a, a club called the, the Travelers Club. And that he often eats dinner there. I'm surprised he's not overseeing the exhibition, but perhaps he only has to stop in once in a while. How close is his office to Longdon's? Um, same building. Uh, you know, uh, Thompson has one of the nicer places in the back. Mm -hmm. When we're doing, when we're doing the inquiries about Thompson, I'm gonna going to kind of ask to the side there. It is, uh, it is safe to assume that Mr. Thompson has been moving around quite a bit as of recently in these circles and going about. He's become very popular considering mm. what, what he's So it's doing. kind of hard to, uh, to find where he's at at any given time then is what I'm gathering your, your... Yeah, kind of. His schedule seems to be rather fluid. Um, is the Travelers Club a private club, or can a new one drop in? 
Uh, it's a it's a private club, like the Wentworth Club is a private club. I mean, people can come and find an invite. Yeah, if you're rich, you can walk in the door. Ladim, as you were saying earlier about all this uh, philanthropic uh, people giving money, now Thompson seems to be running with a very rich crowd. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's working for somebody who's very well off. That's my thought. Or several someones who are very well off. Right, right. So maybe he's just a hands-on guy for whomever might be part of this club or just just got some wheels turning hearing that. Mm, Keep in mind, though, that top shelf. Thompson had the golden statue of Naboo that both the children of tranquility and the um, thugs bothering the Glossop household were looking for. So if he had an object, why would he not have turned it over to his masters rather than have it be stolen by Glossop, etc.? Well, he's just underhanded to begin with. Maybe he wanted to take it for himself or whatnot. No, because Archie just took it from the collection because it stood out. Maybe he didn't know what he needed. You know what I mean? Like he knew he needed items from there, but, or it could have been all, they funded the dig. He went over there in 19, brought stuff back, but by the time he realized what he needed, it was too late. And, or he let other people, like we suffered, let, let all these peons get the curses and then we'll figure it out from there. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. No, it's it's not too far off there. But then again, um, Archie could have gotten, uh, could have just picked the wrong thing at the wrong time in the right, wrong circumstance. And without even knowing the situation or there might have been more to it. We don't know. At least we know where to find him at dinner. Um, now, do does it seem uh, pushy to return to Bedlam so soon? Or should we get Vadim his photogra- photographic equipment and uh, pay a visit to our friendly doctor? I, w- I would give it a, li- a little bit more time just uh, for his sake. Maybe a day or two uh, so that he can calm down. And that the idea of uh, actually photographing photographing him would be uh, would be uh, more well received. Well, hear hear me out on this. Uh, the doctor seemed interested in finding out what happened. Mm-hmm. Reginald can transcribe the cuneiform. The doctor's interested. We're interested. If he or one of us, or Reginald contacted the doctor, spoke with him, said, maybe you could sedate him a little bit, have him ready. We're going to come in, take some photographs of this, and try to get to the bottom of it. And all the while also maybe pushing that the doctor can be written up in medical journals or whatever the case may be to bolster his fame for taking care of this unique patient. And Honestly, I think it might be. Punchin might be drunk to the gills already, just mm. because you know it's so recently he experienced such great trauma. You're putting points. There's no time like the present, and if they're building a gate to open a seal to end the world or whatever the hell they're doing, 
Um, I don't think it matters if we inconvenience a man for a couple hours. That is fair. Um, well, uh, let's uh, pop back to the club. It's not far. Vadim can get his equipment together, and I'll phone the hospital and see if the doctors are amenable to it. Mm. My uh, photos from the from the house might be available too mm. when I get the equipment. Okay. I shall see. Uh, indeed, Vadim, they would be. Um, uh, I, I, I was going to say something earlier, and I forgot. I didn't go go all the way through with it. Um, you do find Gibbons, but you determine that he knows absolutely nothing. Things that didn't arrive, he can't have stolen after all. Right. And the poor fellow probably got another 20 out of Felix since he looked like he was going to wet himself. All right. Um, so you've gathered your equipment and you're heading back over to the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry. You said you were going to phone call. Mm -hmm. uh, the doctor is not... He's not so sure that it's a good idea. Um, he's not even sure how ethical it is photographing someone. Um, how is his condition, Dr. Lawrence? Uh, about the same. Um, uh, I mean, he's calm most of the time, but he mutters to himself constantly. And uh, more or less the same stuff that he was muttering before. But, uh, he doesn't want anybody to read the, the text on his body, but you can try. But if he becomes too agitated, um, you know, as his doctor, I have mm -hmm. to you know, step in. And certainly, uh, you know, we don't want to aggravate Mr. Punchin's condition. How are the wounds healing? Um, they're 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 healed over. And there's a little bit of scab, but they're, they're all scars. They're all going to remain. Yeah, he's going to be marked like that for forever, I thought. They're fairly deep. and Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I, I, we're happy to try. And yes, of course, we'll leave if, it, if he's bothered. So, Vladim, how many cameras do you have? I mean, can we just get multiple cameras, load them up with film? I don't know anything about this technology. I've, I haven't um, used a camera, but... I'm, I'm still quite a novice at it, uh, but uh, I got my brownie camera and I've got a more uh, professional photographic setup with a larger camera. Can, actually... we, can we hire somebody to come in and... Oh, easily. I, I have connections with, with, with local photographer. That's how I got my, my gear. Snap originally. a bunch of pictures in five minutes and out the door. Pay the guys off. Take, take the full camera. Don't even let them leave well, with the cameras. If, if, if uh, we do full setup, it will take, it will take little a little bit of time to set up. Could set um, up in an adjacent room. Have the doctor walk him in, take the pictures, and, and walk him right back to his room. One, two, we, three. We could do that, yes. Less impact on him, setting up, disturbing the room. And I could take backups with, with, with my brownie. Well, well, we have professional take, take, take photograph. That way we have two sources. We're still going to need Punchin's uh, 
real buy-in though because i assume that there are things say on the soles of his feet uh i mean it's hard to get a complete image of a human's we'd also have to to shave his head too well there's that question although i, I assume we don't need every single fragment of text but maybe yeah. i'm wrong about that no i uh, think i think just to get enough to get an idea of what we're dealing with here is what we need I think taking pictures is pushing it enough, but asking the shaving, shave the man's yes. head, I don't see any doctor going for that. No, no. I, I, I even think that's kind of bad. Just take photos of what we can, and then we work with what we can. Yes, and hopefully Punchin will be feeling better. So if we need more information in a few weeks, he'll be up for it. Um, I assume that after what he's been through, Bedlam doesn't seem that bad. Read. You know, either way, the guy said that he's going to need the entire text. So we probably need to do whatever we've got to do to get him the entire text. You know, I found that rather curious that he mentioned that we need the entire text. I have to say, I um, also, for the first time, felt some misgivings about our confidence in Mr. Longdon. Uh, I don't mean to be paranoid. That's Vadim's job. <laughs> but we do have reason to think, I believe, that there's someone other than Thompson involved. And he is uh, a master, a seriologist. We don't and have a cultist. Or warlock, as it were. Uh, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I think we know that London's an occultist, do we? But he knows he knows the material at any rate. He didn't seem too too uh, shaken when we started talking more of along the occult lines of these things. Seemed like he took it in stride. I found that rather curious too. I'm, I'll be honest, I, the more I think on it, I'm not so sure about uh, Mr. Longdon and uh, whether we can entirely trust him. I wonder if we should at some point maybe follow him. Maybe. But that's not my field of expertise. Vadim well, and I have proven not to be very good at that, but um, we do have varied expertise. Um, I, I will uh, want to look into, since Thompson's running around being a socialite, who is really in charge of organizing the, the Styrian collection? Because it seems like Mr. Longan is very busy, and that's presumably what he's busy with. So perhaps he's the gate builder. Or we're just, I mean, we've only slept a few nights in the last few months. Mm. Uh, off to Bedlam. All right. So you drive back over to Bedlam, and uh, the doctor receives you. Gentlemen, you've returned. Um, uh, I have, uh, he's, he's had his, he hasn't had his wounds dressed yet today, so we can use that as an excuse. Um, will you be... Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about the, the whole photographing him. Are we going to 
try and capture the entirety of the text. It's, uh, it's on every part of his body, you see. We only want to get as much as we can, we can, we can pick up. We don't want to do anything horribly intrusive to, to him. Just as much as we can, uh, while he's being, before he's read us, that we can uh, glean from it. Just give him a little laudanum, it'll be okay. Oh, I can't give the man drugs for you. No, no, uh, no, 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 we, we wouldn't. We, Mr. Albright here is, 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 the, is the joker, as you say. But we just want to take a, just a few photographs, uh, just of right. the major areas that are, that are affected. Um, shall we do this in his room? Um, um, if we could actually, I got my, my friend, Mr. Uh, Fincher here. He's a, he's a professional phot photographer and uh, he can do a setup in, in, a, in a adjacent room or, or in any sort of situation to... Uh, yes, I think we can arrange that. Uh, mm. Um, well, come with me and we'll, we'll go to the adjacent room first and you can set up. Mm -hmm. Um, let's, um, let's tell him as little as possible about what your intentions are. <clears throat> so he takes you to uh, the room adjacent, which is empty and, uh, lets you set up. And uh, you, you do walk past his door, and you can see that he's in there on one side, uh, sitting on his bed with his knees pulled up and his arms around his knees. And you see uh, uh, that other guy, um, the cat guy. <laughs> He's in there too. Looks like he's reading a book. Just they're they're completely quiet. Um, all right. So you set up your your cameras and you get everything ready, and uh, the doctor uh, has you. You know, a couple of you stay in there, and the doctor comes in, Mister uh, Mister Punchin. Punchin's like, huh, huh, what? And he says, uh, "We're going to change your dressings." Um. And you remember these gentlemen, these gentlemen, these nice gentlemen from the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, what? Yeah. Um, they would like to, uh, they would like to observe. Do you care to see? I'm okay. Well, whatever. But change my fucking bandages. <laughs> um. So he carefully, gently, you know, lifts him up. Uh, Support, helps him support himself and uh, you can see that he is barefoot uh, and you do see that there is text on his feet uh, and they bring him into the room and of course as they do he's sort of like he's looking at the, the lights that are set up um, and he says Mr. Punch please would you stand you know, right right here he's like he says, we're going to take your shirt off. He takes the shirt off. And you see it once again, because he's got the, the red marks all over him. Um, all right. Um, and your assistant, uh, Vadim, snaps the first photo. And when he does, 
punch. It's like, what? What was that? What? 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 What are you doing? What? Just calm down. Calm down. What? 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 What's? 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 It's all right. Hold on. It's all right. Don't worry. What? What are you doing? What are you doing to me? And uh, I'm not doing anything to you. Everything is all right, sir. Um, we just want to see the extent of your injuries. That's all. That's Reginald, all. Reginald, do a, a luck roll. I've got brownie camera, and when he's not looking, I'm taking photos of any angle. is a normal success. Okay. Um, so he's, he's kind of jerky, and he's, he's moving around a bit. Um, Uh, I'm going to say you get maybe three photographs, his front, his back, and uh, he turns suddenly, rather sharply, and Reginald, he notices your writing in, in your, your journal, and he's like, no, no, you can't copy it, no, no, don't write it down, it wants to be read, you can't read it, no. No, it wants it wants to be read. What do you mean? And he become well. He becomes hysterical. No, I won't let you see it. I won't let you read it. No, no, like this, and and the doctors like, oh, contact like this. But he becomes he starts to become somewhat violent, swinging his arms. Um, we are done. The we are doctor, done. the doctor yells something, and they bring a. a Orderlies to give him, yeah. Orderlies, yeah. yeah. He says, "Gentlemen, when, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to stop." He's, uh, mm -hmm. he's extremely agitated. When, when, when things calm down a bit, I'm gonna get a couple shots of his feet with my brownie. Uh, okay. When I think I can. Well, they give him a shot, and they they start to take him back to his room, and he's like, "No, no, you don't read it. No, 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 no." Is the doctor still there? Yeah, well, the doctor's helping him back to it. All right, so kind of out of earshot from him. I was just thinking, Punchin wasn't a bad guy. Maybe whatever this is, he wanted wanted to destroy the skulls, putting this writing on his body so nobody else could get to it. Which leads me to a second thought that if this other group... <laughs> this now, other... now, Mr. Punchin, stop honking. <laughs> if this other group really wants to get their hands on it, they might skin him. Yeah, I'm concerned about Mr. Punchin's yeah. skin. He too. might have he might have destroyed it purposely to put it on his body so no one else would have gotten it. It might not have been purposeful as such either, but he definitely. I don't think that's a, I don't think his terror is insane, given what we've seen about the dangers of reading certain things. Um, I think we should, uh, first of all, I want to see this. Well, first of all, well, first of all, I, I'm curious to see what London makes of the notebooks and how he, how they are returned to me. Um, but I definitely think that we're going to be keeping these photographs separate from each other and not try to take any more. Um, and Let's then wait before we, 
we, we get, we send these for the, we even consider giving these photographs to London for. Uh, oh, yeah, no, not the photograph. Don't even let him know we have the photographs. No, not until we not until we see what he has to say about the notebooks. And and I've translated a little bit of them, so I'll see whether he's frank about that. But uh, yeah, this might be something we want to destroy. Not Mr. Punchin, of course. Although mm. I fear that will be the result. All right. Um, the doctor rejoins you and he says, I, uh, he says, I, I thought that this might happen. He's had the, has some sort of phobia about anybody looking too long at the text. Yes. Whether he's, uh, uh, correct about it or not, I think he strongly believes that there's some dangerous ritual or curse that's written out there. Uh, I can tell you personally that um, the text seems to be very disordered, to say the least. So his fear is probably exaggerated. Um, nevertheless, I, you know, I think you should allow him to feel as if though he can cover it as thoroughly as he needs to, to feel comfortable. Um, can you tell me either way, I don't mean to be nosy, but um, uh, are you also treating Leo Johnson? Leo Johnson. The fellow with the mirror. Oh, oh Mr. Johnson. Um, he's been a resident for quite some time. Uh, so far treatments haven't really been of any effect and he's rather harmless um, we just make sure he's clean and he's fed and... Uh, so the prognosis isn't good but no. he's not suffering enormously and we don't seem to understand why uh, yeah he's not suffering in any way he's just very curiously uh, speaking in reverse all the time. Who was clever enough to figure out that it was actual language backwards? I think one of the orderlies. Though I don't remember who. You said you were keeping him clean and comfortable. Um, if he's not maintaining his own uh, ablution. Stare into the mirror. And what happens when you take the mirror away? Um, he becomes completely unresponsive. Hmm. Hmm. Curious case. You must see a lot of curious things here. Yes. A lot of very strange things. And he's told you a few of the weird stories. Well, gentlemen, I have to go back to my duties. Um, we apologize for upsetting Mr. Punchin. Uh, we hoped it would be a more peaceful matter, but I assure you his uh, privacy will be uh, uh, safeguarded in future. Okay. As far as we're concerned. Thanks for your time. Yes. And so you leave there. 
Um, Vadim, you did get your photographs from the, 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 the room. Okay, well, I'll have them in hand for everyone when we get back to the Wentworth Club to uh, have a look at. So what next? Um, I assume you put the photos in to get uh, processed. I'm going to be in two different shops to be on the safe side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not sure that's possible because I think you've only got one roll of film. Well, we got my brownie photos and then the oh, professional okay. photos. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. I'll let my uh, camera guy take care of his photos and then I'll let my assistant take, take care of uh, mine. Wouldn't the photographer develop his own? So mm -hmm. couldn't you just join him? Sure. Stay with him until your film and his film is developed and then pay him and leave. And that, that way... About an hour. That way we know nobody else got them. No problem. I mean, That's I'll go nice. with you if you want. I'll just sit there with you. But that way we can... Sure. 100% say nobody came and stuck a gun in the... You know, whatever. And It'd be good to to double up, as you say, on thing on people, just in case. And make happens. have have them make two copies. Indeed. Okay. And take the negatives by all means. Mm -hmm. All uh, right. Go ahead. So uh, those of us who are not, you know, will drop off, Mr. Fincher, uh, with Vadim and Cyrus, so it's a question of what the other three of us are going to do about this damn opal and this damned horn. We've got nothing. All right. Let's move a little bit forward in time. We'll assume you put the, the photographs as you say. And it takes a couple of days for those to come back to you. Um, are you going to, uh, what are you going to, uh, how, I just, I have to say it. What are you going to do with them? Are you going to go to Longdon? Is that your intention? Or are you going to be more careful? I say we keep them amongst the group only. I don't want anybody but this party knowing these photos exist. And, okay. if, we're, and if we're asked, we'll say that uh, we tried, but they didn't work out. And as soon as we have the photographs in hand, I'm going to start to translate them piecemeal to look for other okay. telling suggestions of what might be included, see if I can trace the weird line of text. All right. Um, what you get from, let me think for just a moment. What you get from Longdon is that the various pieces, oh, 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 what you get from Longdon, since all Longdon has is the, 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 the notes from Punchin, is that Punchin was apparently trying to decipher uh, a number of scrolls that were referred to as the Scrolls of Endless Shadow, but that there is only sketchy references in his notes as to what the contents of the scrolls were, some sort of ritual. Um, but its its intention was not apparent, and Punchin was aware that the order of 
the uh, the uh, scrolls themselves was completely out of order. That they also were written in such a manner that there were chunks of cuneiform that were in the wrong place. Um, and that they were made from human skin. Bingo. Now, also, why would somebody who's just a museum, whatever, translator, be so concerned about having a full copy of a spell that in a normal person's mind would just be gibberish? You know, like a spell's a spell. What's it going to do to us? But knowing that magic exists, he would want to get his hands on the full correct copy. Cyrus, do, a, do an intelligence roll. Yeah, that's not a, my strong suit. <laughs> oh, 15, actually, passed it. Okay. Hard. You did ask him to help you translate, and he told you immediately that everything was out of order. He wouldn't be able to put it in order without having all the complete text. So it your opinion, you, you might suspect him of some things, but he seems an academic. Okay. He's doesn't seem to have any, he's got access to all of that stuff. And you've put a task in front of him and he's just curious. So. All right. I, 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 I must've read into it too much. I was taking it like you. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that that's also a very strong possibility. I will say further that, you know, I was concerned about what he would say about what was in the notebooks. And he didn't say, oh, it was harmless gibberish. Or I can't tell unless I get the full text of his body. Do you have that yet? But that he recognized something that sounded ominous and told us about it. So rather than Thompson, who lies every time he opens his mouth, uh, you know, my 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 trust rating of Longdon has gone back up again after a moment of paranoia. No reason, however, for anybody to have the complete text of of Punchin's body. It seems as though he might have been trying, after the protection spell, to destroy those scrolls, and the human skin of the scrolls took it out on him. So one night, three nights into your attempt, Reginald, to figure out what some of this writing on Punchin's body, uh, you find a place on his shoulder where a spiral of text begins and you make the leap that perhaps the center is where the text should begin and start moving outward. And it's taken you three days to piece together what you think might be the opening beginning of where the scroll would have, should start. Okay. And you're, you're fairly close, you're fairly sure of the translation. And uh, this is what you think that it probably says. Great is our Lord Nabu, and greater still is his power, that no man shall dishonor his holy scripts or make foolish his sacred rituals. 
Whosoever enacts the ritual of endless shadow shall forfeit his own life, lest he first summon to him the protection of the Ugalos, whose hunger he must sate. First he must summon the demon, Alu, horned hunter of the night. Next he must recite three times the words, Sacred Alu, draw to thyself the powers of endless shadow, that they may harm me not. Upon completing the third incantation, the supplicant must spill his own blood upon the ground, bringing forth Lilu from the shadow's embrace. Then must he recite three times the words, Sacred Lilu, turn from the shadow to the light, that your wandering may end and you may find your way home. Only then, when the twin Ugalos are present and bound to your service, is it safe to open the shadow gate. He who fails to heed this warning will be cursed to forevermore become the bearer of the ritual words until he should meet one more worthy of Lord Nabu. Well then. He was certainly not attempting to destroy the text, but rather attempting that full ritual, it would seem. Do I do I know uh, Lilu or the Ugalos? Um, those are also things you can look up yourself. I want to do um, an occult roll on, on on those to see if I glean any information or occult study, shall we say? Well, you're you're free to do that. That's stuff that you will find in any dictionary. I don't have anything to hand you right now. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, However, uh, Reginald, do, a lo uh, do an idea roll. Failure, 80. Um, those of you who've read the text that Reginald translated, do a luck roll. I would do, a, do, an, intel uh, do a, an intelligence roll also. <clears throat> I don't get it. <laughs> a hard pass. Okay. Felix. What it's saying, I guess, is that if you do the ritual wrong, this the scroll transfers itself onto the person's skin. The horn of a loo is missing. So he couldn't have had the horn of a loo to do the ritual properly. And that's where we'll end it for tonight. <clears throat> With a lot of long conversations about what's going on. Our players included Jason Melichok, John Byron, Ford Fitch, Jerry Bryant, and David Gassaway. With yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets, we're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows, free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering the questions you might have. 
This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the politically involved playing game. Until next time, good luck, good game. Thank you.